Praise the Lord, and welcome to Tuesday night of our E-Revival. I'm so excited about tonight, you're going to be blessed by the ministry of Chris Green. Evangelist Chris Green preaches with a burden for the church that's going to be a great blessing to you and your family. So I just want to invite you to gather your family around tonight. and Let's get ready for a tremendous time in the Word of God. And I just encourage you to be in, be in prayer and be amen and just get involved in it just like you're in a church building. Because indeed, our churches are becoming our homes and our homes are becoming our churches. We are the church. And as the Word of God goes forth, I know you're going to be blessed. So why don't we just begin in prayer tonight, and let's just ask that God would prepare our hearts and minds to receive the Word of God. Would you bow your head with me right now? Lord, we're so thankful for this revival. We're thankful, God, for just how you're strengthening all of us in our homes and in our families. And I'm asking you, God, tonight as the Word of the Lord goes forth, that, Lord, you would begin to anoint us as the listener that we would take this word and that we would ingest it into our spirit, into our hearts. And Lord, I'm asking you for a divine move of the Holy Ghost. Bless and touch each and every individual that listens, that's a part of this tonight. And I pray, God, that your miraculous work would be done and that you would receive all the glory and no one could deny that indeed you are at work in our lives and in our homes. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as we prepare for the ministry of Evangelist Chris Green. Praise the Lord, East Wind family. It's so good to be with all of you again tonight. I am so excited to be with this great apostolic church led by Pastor and Sister Myers. I thank, uh, thank them for their passion, their vision for revival and harvest, and for the invitation to be with all of you again tonight. Again, as I said last week, I miss seeing you face to face and hearing you preach with me because there's no church like East Wind that, that gets after it when the, when the word is going forth. Um, I do have my family with me tonight. They're going to help me preach. My wife, who's helping record this, and our, our son Levi, who's in the pews tonight. They're going to help me preach. You might hear them in the background, but I'm thankful that they're here with me. But I'm also thankful to be with all of you in your homes. So preach with me again tonight. Uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm telling you the truth. I, I fed off of your spirit of uh, sensitivity last week, and I know that you were preaching with me. I know that you were responding and receiving the Word of God. So thank you for that. It was inspiring to me, um, to be with all of you, to be in your homes during this great time. What a great opportunity that God has allowed us to bring the Word of God, to bring worship, and to bring church into our homes. So I admonish you again to don't just sit there and watch as, a, uh, as if it were a performance, but open your heart, open your mind, release faith, respond to the Word of God, lift up your hands, lift up your heart, and pray to God. Amen. I want to take you to the Word of God tonight, and it's from the book of Second. Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, I want to read verses 1 through 3. Most of us are familiar, a lot of us at least, are familiar with verse 14 that speaks of prayer and turning to God. But preceding that verse, there is a powerful illustration of God's outpouring of His Spirit in verses 1 through 3. And I want to read those tonight. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If you have your iPhone or whatever you might have, I want you to read these words of the Lord with me tonight. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 1 says, When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. 
I want to read those last few words again. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Verse 2, And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Amen. I want to take you today to the burden in my heart. My subject tonight is this. I want to be filled. Would you say that with me right now? I want to be filled. I want us to pray right now in your homes, wherever you're watching this, before we go into this, I want you to lift up your hands. When we lift up our hands, it is a sign, a testament, an expression of two things. Number one, it's a surrender that says, God, my life is not my own. I'm letting go of control and I release myself to you. I relinquish my agenda and my control of myself to you. I'm surrendering when I lift up my hands. But secondly, I'm saying, God... I am ready to receive what you have prepared for me. So would you lift your hands as a sign of surrender and as a sign to receive, as a sign to respond, as a sign of a vessel that says, God, fill me up right now in the name of Jesus Christ. My heart is opened. My mind is open, Lord. I have faith. I have desire. I want you to fill my home. I want you to fill my house. I want you to fill my body with the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen in Jesus' name. Last week I talked to you uh, very briefly about my time in Australia. I spent the first week of 2020 in Australia where when I landed, smoke had filled the entire nation because of the uh, the wildfires that were ravaging throughout that, that, that nation, that land. And as I said, there have been billions of animals Animals that have been killed and homes have been destroyed and lives have been have been taken from these fires, these raging fires out of control. The smoke from the fires had entered into the city of Canberra, the capital city of Australia, where we were holding the National General Conference there. And uh, it was so bad that when you walked outside, you could smell it so tangibly as if you were sitting around a bonfire. If any of you have ever been around a bonfire or... Uh, you know, a barbecue or something, and, and you can smell that, and so um, tangibly in such a way that it in, in, impacted and, and touched our clothing, where uh, weeks later, my clothing still smelled like the smoke um, that was there in Australia and Canberra. And, and uh, one night, in fact, during the, in the middle of that conference, in the middle of that uh, general conference, the smoke had swept into that city so heavily that at about 2 or 3 in the morning, the smoke alarms and the fire alarms of the, our hotel began to go off. And when the smoke 
alarms went off, I, of course I woke up and heard uh, the people of the hotel come on the PA system letting us know that they had called the fire department and they were waiting for them to come and turn off the fire alarms, but there was no reason for ourselves to be alarmed or to panic and we could stay in our rooms. An hour passed and the smoke alarms were still going off. And I remember I was a bit frustrated, as you could understand, wondering where is the fire department, why haven't they shown up to turn off the, the, the loud sounding uh, smoke alarms so I could go back to sleep. And when I called the front desk, I said, what's the deal? What's going on? Why haven't they come? They said, well, um, they said smoke has filled the hotel, but smoke has filled every building and smoke has filled every hotel in the city. And so the fire department is very limited. They're going around to every hotel shutting off the fire alarms. And we're just, we're in the long list of, uh, the long line of people that are waiting for the fire department to arrive. And, and so uh, we waited and finally they arrived and turned off the smoke alarms. And when I got out of the room, you could see a haze of smoke that had filled that building. And I, I remember, and this is no hyperbole at all, no exaggeration. I remember walking outside of the hotel that morning and uh, I could not see the buildings directly across the street, 50 yards or so away from me. I could not see the buildings of the trees across the street because there was such heavy smoke that had filled that city. In fact, that entire day's worth of services at the general conference there was canceled. No morning service, no split sessions, no afternoon service, no evening service. Nothing could be held because the convention center, they had to shut down the convention center because smoke had completely consumed the inside of that convention center where it was now dangerous for us to go in and to, and to have church. And so I spent that day in my room as most everybody did and I prayed and I went to the Lord with prayer and I read my Bible. And it was interesting that that day I happened to come across this scripture in Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 1 through 3 where it says that when Solomon had finished praying that the fire of God's Spirit came down and consumed his prayer, his sacrifices, and his burnt offerings. And it says that the glory of the Lord filled the temple that day. The glory of God consumed the inside of their church building, of their place of meeting to worship God. And it was such a tangible experience. His glory had fell down in a demonstration of fire. It had filled the church that day in such a tangible expression of His power that the priest could not go in to that building. They could not enter the doors of that temple. They could have text messaged their, their, their saints that day and said, no church today. Uh, the glory of God has filled the temple and we can't go in. So since we can't go inside the building, we can't have church. But they didn't send that word out that day to the nation of Israel or to the church people, if you will. They didn't send the word out that church was canceled. Yes, they could not go into the sanctuary, but church was not canceled. Instead, they set out in the parking lot or they set out. The Bible says that they began to bow their faces down to the pavement. I, I always, when I read Scripture, I have to put myself in their shoes or their sandals, if you will. And I, I think of that day as they were walking or riding their donkeys on the way to church that day, on the way to the temple to worship God that day. And it was, it was a ritual at that point to them. It was tradition 
that on that day they would go to the temple and they would worship God together. Just like today, I assume that they had their own pew, they had their own seat. They had their own traditions. They had their own agenda and schedule. They probably sang a few songs and took up an offering and had announcements and had a word of teaching and had a time of prayer. Probably pretty similar to what we have today with some differences, of course. But on that day as they were coming and riding their donkeys and walking to the place of meeting, the place of worship that day, the Bible says that they saw the fire, the demonstration of God's Spirit being poured out on the temple that day. So I don't know if they were half a mile away, but at some point they saw that fire coming down. They could see a a fire coming down from heaven and touching their place of meeting. And they probably looked at each other on on the way to church that day and said, this is going to be an interesting service today. This is going to be a great service today. This is going to be a different service today. And when they got to the temple, the priests were standing outside alerting all the saints, the men and the women saying, I'm sorry. Sorry, church, but we can't go inside today. God's power and God's glory has completely filled the inside and we can't even go in. We tried to open the door, but the doors wouldn't open. We tried to step in, but His power was holding us outside. So we're not going to go back home, but we're going to stand right here and we're going to have church and we're going to worship God. And the people were so moved. The people were so touched that day that they got their faces down on the uncomfortable pavement. They got their their bodies into a position of worship and of praise, saying, for the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. What a powerful illustration and expression of God's Spirit being poured out that day on the temple. When I read that, it was so appropriate and so relevant to the context of my day. On that day when the general conference had been canceled because the smoke had filled the church and we couldn't go in. And I sat there that day on January, it was probably January the 4th, if I remember correctly, of 2020. And I began to pray this prayer. I said, God, as the smoke, the physical smoke of the physical fires of this nation has filled the temple, has filled the convention center, has filled our place of worship and has kept us out. Lord, I want to see that in the spiritual realm, just like they saw in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I began to pray this prayer of hunger, this prayer of desire, this prayer of burden and desperation and said, God, in 2020, I want your Spirit to fill our homes, to fill our churches in such a tangible way that it gets us out of our tradition, that it gets us out of our comfort, that it gets us out of our complacency or convenience. Lord, I want your spirit to fill our church. Oh, is there anybody right now that feels that same desire with me? It says, God, I want your spirit to consume our church. I don't just want to have normal church. I don't just want to have a few songs, announcement, offering, sermon, and then go home the same way I came. But God, I want our churches to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want our homes to be filled with the glory of God. I want Your Spirit, Your presence, and Your power to fill us, Lord, from the left wall to the right wall, from the front to the back.
back. I don't want it just to be up here at the front, but I want everybody from the front pew to the back pew to be impacted by the tangible glory of the Holy Ghost. I want our Sunday school rooms, our offices, I want every square inch of our building to be filled. And I began to pray. I said, God, how amazing would it be if on one Sunday morning we drove our cars up to church and the pastors and the Sunday school teachers and the leaders and the assistant pastors and youth pastors were standing on the sidewalk saying, sorry church, we can't go in the sanctuary today, but we got to have church outside the building. I literally prayed that prayer. This isn't the first time I'm preaching this sermon. If you don't believe what I'm saying right now, you could find it online somewhere else. A few weeks ago, before our church buildings were shut down, I preached the same exact word and I was telling them, as I'm telling you, that I prayed this prayer of God, break us up, disturb us, Lord, shake us from the inside out, get us out of our walls of confinement. Lord, I want to see Your Spirit fill our buildings, Lord, that would push us out into the unknown, Lord, push us into a new paradigm. But then I have to be honest with you, as I prayed that prayer with such fervency and with such desire, it was like I felt conviction rise up in me. Not a conviction of my sin or a conviction of my wrongdoings or my mistakes, but a conviction of a misinterpretation, of a misunderstanding. As I was praying, as some of you may begin to pray with me uh, uh, just this moment, uh, as I was praying, God, let Your Spirit fill our buildings. Let Your Spirit fill this structure. It was like that conviction rose up in me and spoke and said, why would you want to be there to see my Spirit fill a building when your body is the temple of my Spirit? When your body is the building of my Spirit? That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, he said, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which you have of God and you are not your own. Verse 20 For you are bought with a price. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God. Where? In the building? No. He says glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. I felt like as I read that just now the Holy Ghost prompted me to take a look again at the part of verse 20 that says that you were bought with a price. Let me remind some of you and let me help some of you to understand that Jesus Christ, He bought your body. He paid for your sins. He paid for your salvation. He paid the ransom for your sins and mistakes. He paid the ultimate price with His own blood. He didn't pay with money because money can be refunded. Money can be spent and lost. But He paid it with His own blood. Which means this purchase cannot be refunded. This purchase can never be taken back. And let me help somebody right now and let you know that this purchase that Jesus paid for cannot be 
stolen. I hear it oftentimes spoken. The devil has stolen this. He has stolen that. There may be some things that the devil can steal from you. There may be some things that he can take away from you. Because Jesus did tell us that Satan is a thief which has come to steal, kill, and to destroy. But if there's one thing that he cannot steal from you, that is your salvation. He cannot steal your salvation because Jesus owns it. He cannot steal what God owns. He cannot steal what God has paid for. And I want to remind you, my friend, this night that God has purchased your salvation. He has purchased your sins. He has purchased your way to heaven. And what you need to do right now, don't linger and don't wait, but say, God, I give my life to You. I want to access what You have paid for me. I want to access my salvation, God. I want to own my salvation through Your blood and what You purchased. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said to lift up your head for your redemption draws nigh. What is your redemption? It is the thing He redeemed. It is the thing He purchased, which is your salvation. Jesus did tell us, and I'm off my notes for just a minute, but I feel I'm in the Holy Ghost for somebody, that Jesus did tell us, the thief cometh not but to steal and kill and to destroy. But He didn't leave us with that bad news. He said, but I have come. But I have come that you would have life and life more abundantly. Number one, notice he said, he said, I have come. He said, he came, the enemy came, yes, and the enemy has come against your home. The enemy has come against your marriage. The enemy has come against your children. He has come against our church. Yes, it's true that the thief has come, but it's just as true that Jesus has come. He said, but I have come. What are you saying that for, preacher? I'm saying that because I don't want anybody to settle for the half-truth that the enemy has come. It is very true that the enemy has come, but never stop and be satisfied for the half-truth. Never just tell somebody, if they ask you how you're doing, never say, well, you know, the devil's really messing with my home right now, and put a period on the end of that sentence. It's okay to be honest and tell a friend, tell your spouse, tell a family member, tell your pastor, tell a saint, tell somebody, yeah, the enemy has come up into my home. Tell them the truth and say, the enemy has been has been meddling in my marriage. The enemy has come to steal my son. My son is wayward right now. He's backslidden. Or my daughter is confused and she's messed up in drugs. The enemy has come. But don't put a comma there. Just put a little semicolon or I don't, I'm not good at grammar, comma or something else. But put the next sentence together and say, but Jesus has come. You tell your friends and you tell your church, you tell your Pastor, you be honest with them and say, yes, the thief has come, but I have faith because Jesus has come. I have faith because my help has come. I have faith because my deliverance has come and I'm going to be filled with His Spirit. I'm going to be filled with what God has come to fill me with. I will not be satisfied with just a word. I will not be satisfied with just a touch. I will not be satisfied with just a little inspiration or an emotion 
portion of encouragement. But I have come to be filled with all the power of the Holy Ghost. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but He has given me power. He has given me love. He has given me a sound mind. Which is why Paul told Timothy, I put you in remembrance to stir up the gift of God. Here it is. Which is in you. The same passage of Scripture where Paul says God didn't give you fear, but He gave you power, love, and a sound mind is the same passage of Scripture where Paul says, I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the Holy Ghost that is in you. You want to handle that fear that's in your home? You want to handle that addiction that's in your life? You want to handle that sin that's running ravage into your marriage? He said, stir up what's already inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the body of Jesus Christ. You are the temple of His Spirit, of His power, of His deliverance, of His mercy, of His grace. That's why the Scripture says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where His Spirit is, there is liberty. I'm speaking to the church right now that if the Spirit of God is in you, you have liberty in you, which is freedom. You have freedom inside of you, which means no chains are holding you. No shackles are holding you back. Nothing is holding you back right now except for a decision to understand that I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't have to be held back by my fears. I don't have to be held back by addiction. I don't have to be held back by my insecurities. I have been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Man, I'm excited right now. You have to forgive me. I'm not preaching every day like I'm used to doing. So I'm a little excited right now but because I feel the anointing of God for somebody that's listening right now to understand that you are filled with the power of the Spirit of the King of creation. You are filled with the Spirit of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus spoke in John chapter 14 saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I'm going to a place to prepare for you and I'm going to bring you to me. And He tells them in verse 16 of John 14, He says, I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper and He may abide with you forever. Verse 17, He tells us who that helper is. Is it a pastor? Yeah, we got pastors. Is it, is it a worship leader? Yeah, we got worship leaders. Is it a Sunday school teacher? Yeah, we got those. And all those things are good and needful as the Scripture says. He's given us the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But He says the helper I'm going to send to you in verse 17 is the Spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That's why in John chapter 16, verse 5, He says, But now I go away to Him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. You have to understand that Jesus had been with them for over three years every day, 24-7 in ministry. They had seen not only His miraculous power, but they had seen His divine love. They had seen 
seeing who Jesus really was. They had seen the kingdom come to pass in their day. Eye to eye, right there. They had front row seats and they weren't just watching, but they were allowed to participate in what God was doing. And here now, he says, I have to go now. I have to leave. And they were probably thinking, we're just getting warmed up. This thing is just getting started. But Jesus said, no, I've got to leave. And they were upset and they were sorrowful. They were feeling grief of His departure. They were feeling that separation anxiety. But Jesus said, hey, perk up. It's to your advantage that I go. It's not a disadvantage that I'm leaving. I mean, it seemed paradoxical to believe that we could now be advantaged and we could be better by His departure. But He said, it's not a disadvantage that I depart. It is your advantage that I leave. He said, nevertheless, in verse 7, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Amen. I'm letting you know right now uh, that God, if you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, that it is your advantage today uh, that you have been filled uh, with the power of the Almighty God. Uh, You have been filled uh, with the Spirit of deliverance. You have been filled uh, with the Helper today. Uh, There's nobody else you need to run to. Uh, There's nothing you need to hide from. Uh, You are powerful through the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, You are powerful in the power of His Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit of God. There is nothing else that you really need if you know how to pray in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why Paul said in Romans 8, he says, verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I have such a burden today as I preach to all of you that His Spirit would fill all of us today. I hope that nobody has checked out. Those of you that have already been filled once before, maybe years ago, months ago, weeks ago, decades ago, I hope none of you have checked out, but yet you have tapped into the burden of God that says, uh, more than the gifts of the Spirit, uh, more than anointing, more than power, more than direction, more than healing, uh, I want to fill my church. And when I say my church, I'm not talking about the building, but I want to fill my people with my Spirit. I want their cup to runneth over. I want to fill them with my Spirit that I may live inside of them, that I may direct them and guide them, that I may lead them to where I need them to be, that they may become who I have called them to be in this hour of chaos. Oh, I'm so thankful for what God did in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 1-3 through when His glory filled 
filled the temple that day to such a tangible demonstration that they could not go into that building. But I'm even more thankful for the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Watch what it says. Don't check out. Watch what it says. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. You might be saying, well, yeah, we're in one accord or one mind, but we're in different places. Well, that's why we've brought, that's why there's technology today and that's why we're coming together. Why are we doing these online services so we can come together? We're together. We not be, might, might not be together geographically, but we are together spiritually. As Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered together. Watch this. He didn't say gathered together in a building. We preach that. All, oh, here we go. We preach that all the time as we say, man, look, we're here together in a building. But Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. I don't care if some of you are watching from Africa or from Asia or from Australia right now. If you're in the name of Jesus, if you've got a mindset of the Holy Ghost that I want to worship God, we are gathered together in His name. And He said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. So we go back to Acts chapter 2 and verse 2 it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. But here is what sticks out to me in this hour of chaos that we're in today. It says that His Spirit filled all the house where they were sitting. They were not in a church building, but they were in somebody's house. I know that it's simple and this whole thing is simple, but it is a word of faith. It says on the day of Pentecost when they were in one mind and they were in one place that there came a sound from heaven. It was the Spirit of God and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I guarantee if there's a thousand people watching this right now, that 999 of you are probably sitting down in a house right now. And, and the Bible says that His Spirit filled the house where they were sitting. I have such a burden on my heart right now that His Spirit would fill every house. That His Spirit would fill every man and woman and child that is sitting in their home watching this Word. Watching God's Word being preached. That they would sit there not just hearing, not just listening as it were a performance, but they were listening with an open mind and an open heart saying, God, fill my house as you did on the day of Pentecost. Fill my children. Fill my home in the name of Jesus. It says that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm having to scratch about half of this. I'll bring it to you another time uh, for sake of time right now. But I want to tell you what's happened in the past several weeks. In fact, just a couple of months ago, I was preaching outside of Houston. And uh, Houston, Texas, just outside of Houston. And preached there that morning, Sunday morning. We had several people filled with the Holy Ghost for the very first time. I'm so thankful for the way God moved that day. And... I remember a young lady, a teenage girl, an Indian girl, she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that day. And, 
And yes, it was a great testimony, but it's always a greater testimony as an evangelist when I get to hear the backstory, when I get to hear the details of what brought them there that day. And it's always a testimony seeing anybody filled with the Holy Ghost. But I love it when a pastor sits me down and says, hey, what you don't realize about that person is they went through this and went through that. And so anyways, this girl received the Holy Ghost and it was a great time of a testimony and celebration for her and the rest of those that had received the Holy Spirit that day, but as I was leaving, I have a picture of it, I wish I could show it to you, but there was a family, and I think it was a family of five, it was the brother of that girl that received the Holy Ghost, it was her sister-in-law, it was her mother and her father, and when I walked out, uh, it was an Indian family, they're from the nation of India, and, and they had just recently moved to the United States of America about two or three months before I met them that day. And this was all of their first time visiting an apostolic church. And as I walked out into that that lobby or that foyer area of the church, they stopped me and had such, I mean, such... Uh, just joy and, and, and such thankfulness for what had just happened. And the brother of that teenage girl began to speak to me and said, Brother Green, my father right here is, is Greek Orthodox. And my mother right here is a Roman Catholic. He said, this is how we've been raised our whole lives in India. But recently we moved to the nation, to this nation, United States of America. He said, and I started having dreams a few weeks ago. He said, and in my dream, uh, it it was so amazing. He said, it looked as if a wind uh, of fire was filling the inside of a church. He said, and as I stood there in the church, the wind of, uh, it was a fire. He said, it looked like a tornado of fire that was just circling the inside of that church like this. He said, I told my dad that dream. He said, and to my surprise, to my surprise, my dad had had the same exact dream. He said, we had that dream on several different occasions over the span of a few weeks. He said, and we spoke to each other and agreed that God was trying to speak to us and reach for us. He said, so we set out to find a church where we could experience whatever that dream was. He had no idea. He had no understanding of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But all he had was a dream. All he had was this vision that God had given him. He didn't even know exactly what he was looking for. He was just hoping to find what he had seen in that dream. He said, and for the last three weeks, we have gone from church to church to church discouraged because we could not find what we found in our dream. He said, but today, our first time being in this church, he said, when we came to the altar because of what we felt in this place, this apostolic church, he said, and we began to pray. He said, and when my my sister began to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, he said, I tapped my dad and said, Dad, this is what we saw in our dream. And my father agreed and said, you're right son. We found it. We found what God showed us in our dream. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. That's what God is doing in this hour. He's reaching for people that don't even understand what we have today. He's reaching for people that have never heard of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, giving them dreams, giving them visions, giving them desires, putting a yearning in their heart to reach for something they don't even understand. And I feel 
feel an unction, an anointing. I feel a prophetic unction of the Holy Ghost to speak a prophetic word to everybody that's listening to me right now. What you don't understand is that there's people around us right now that are reaching for something they don't understand. How many people have had this same dream? I, I rebuke the lie that would think that this is the only family that's had a dream like that. I guarantee you, as the Holy Ghost is on me right now, that that dream has been experienced by thousands, possibly even millions of people around the world. And they probably are visiting churches right now. They're probably searching online right now, on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, looking for what they saw in that dream. Oh, I know this is such a simple thought, but I wonder if there's somebody right now that is tapped into this church through Facebook Live. Somebody that's watching online saying, this is what I saw in my dream. This is what I saw in my heart when I prayed. This is what I felt and the yearning in my spirit. Oh, I'm speaking to some saints right now. Reach out. Send this to somebody. Share this to somebody. Text somebody. Call somebody. FaceTime somebody. Skype somebody. Do what you've got to do. Do an online Bible study. Call and pray for somebody over the phone. They might be looking for this fire to fill their temple right now. They might be lifting up their hands even now as this preacher is preaching saying, God, I want to be filled. I want to be filled. I want to be filled. Just like the fire fell in that temple on Solomon's day. Fill this temple. Hallelujah. Oh, if you're listening right now, would you lift up your hands as a vessel would do as a vessel and say, God, fill me right now. Oh, every man and every woman, whether you've received it before or not, I want you to lift your hands and say, Jesus, fill me once again with your spirit. If there's somebody listening to this that's never been filled, I'm asking you to lift up your hands right now. And by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. Lift up your voice and let His Spirit fill you up. Out of your belly is flowing rivers of living water. Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Come on, church, let's pray right now. I want to be filled, Almighty God. I want to be filled, Almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, continue to pray, church. Continue to worship Him where it's appropriate. Lay hands on somebody or speak the word of faith right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just continue to pray as I log off right now. In Jesus' name, God bless every one of you. Lord, right now, as Brother Green has spoken the word of faith, God, we pray that your glory would fall in the house of every listener, God. As it fell in the temple, God. As it fell in the upper room. Right now, Lord, we are asking that the glory of the Lord would fall in every home of every believer, Lord. Of every unbeliever, Lord. Lord, if they've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, as the word of faith has already been spoken. As the believers have their hands lifted, Lord. And those that already have that gift have their hands lifted and they are... 
interceding on behalf of the church, Lord, right now. I pray that those that do not have the gift of the Holy Ghost, right now that they would lift their hands, Lord, just as you fell in the house, God, in the temple, Lord, just as you fell in the upper room, right now, Lord, fall in this fleshly temple, Lord, and let us begin to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to dwell in houses like you have never before, Lord. Lord, as the word of God has already been spoken, go to the homes of every person that's watching this, Lord. Go to the home of every listener, God. Go to the home of every person, God, that has been tuned into this service, Lord, and let the glory of the Lord fall upon their lives, God. Lord, let the glory of the Lord abide in their homes, God, in a way that you have never abided in their home before, Lord. Lord, travel to where they're at right now. I bind the prince of the air, Lord, that would hinder the flow of this going to them, Jesus. I bind the prince of the air right now in Jesus' name. And I pray that there would be a loosening, God, of the glory of the Lord in every home, in every life, God. Lord, let us begin to stir up the gift that is within us right now, Lord. In this season, Lord, in this time, God, let us begin to stir up the gifts, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, for every apostolic that is watching this right now, Lord, that in their homes that it would begin to become a house of prayer, God. And as they begin to pray, that your glory would fill that house with such intensity, Lord. Lord, that they are taken back by the beauty and the splendor and the majesty that is your glory, God. Lord, I pray that sicknesses would begin to dry up. I pray that this virus would begin to be dispelled, Lord. I pray, God, that every person, Lord, that is going against something in their mind, in their heart, Lord, as this gift begins to stir, Lord, I pray that everything that is unlike you would leave, Jesus. Everything that is not like your likeness, God, in their homes. Everything that is not like your likeness, God, in their lives, God. It would begin to be dispelled by the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. I pray that that Shekinah glory, God, that it would go to wherever they are at, God. Lord, to every person that might be listening right now, Lord. To every person that this might be sent to, Jesus. I pray by the authority of the name of Jesus that they would, Lord, be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're listening, you never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands as Brother Green instructed us. Lift your head to heaven and begin to praise the Lord. And I pray that as you are praising the Lord, that that heavenly language, that that stammering lip in a new tongue would begin to flow out of your belly like a river of living water, Lord. Lord, I pray that the gift of faith, Lord, would be released right now like never before into their homes, into their lives, God. Lord, I pray that you would stir up the gifts in each and every single individual's lives, Lord. Lord, that they would become a conductor, Lord, of the glory, God. Lord, that wherever they go, that your glory would not be far from them, Jesus. Lord, put a hedge of protection around us, God. Lord, we pray, God, that your glory would do a work beyond us, Jesus. Lord, right now, 
I pray, God, for the minds of every person that has watched this, for the heart of every person that has watched this, Lord, for the spirit of every person that has watched this, Lord, that in this time, Lord, that we would remember, God, that the glory can fall in our homes, that the glory can fall in our lives, God, Lord, that we can experience right where we are at the tangible glory of the Lord in our hearts and in our minds and in our homes, Jesus, just as we would gather around the front in our sanctuary, if this was a, a service at the church, I think we should gather right now, wherever we're at, whether it be in your home, in your living room, in your kitchen, whether you're going down the road, whatever you're doing, uh, join with somebody in person. And if you're alone, know that people are joining with you in spirit right now. And just as we would gather around for an altar call in our sanctuary, we are going to gather in spirit right now for a focused time of prayer. We need to take this time after Brother Richie's announcement. We're going to go into a season of prayer. We're going to put up a slide that says, will you pray with us? And it's going to have some music going. I challenge you wherever you are at, as we begin to enter into this next moment, that you would take time of focused prayer for your family. Focused prayer for your life. We can't gather right now, so as we gather in spirit, as we gather in our homes, let's apply this word The word needs to be applied, not just preached, not just preached to us, but now let's apply it to our lives and let's take a time of focused prayer, whether it's five minutes or it's 10 minutes, wherever you're at in your home. After this video with Brother Richie comes on, I pray that you would kneel at your couch, kneel at your bed, kneel in your living room, wherever you're at, stand and lift your hands. However you want to make an altar in your life, let's take this time and let's have focused prayer for the kingdom of heaven to be at hand in our homes, for the glory of the Lord to be falling in our lives. Lord, right now, as we join together, Lord, whether we are alone and we join in spirit or we're with our families and we are joining with our families right now. Lord, after this moment with Brother Richie, I pray, God, that every person, Lord, uh, would take time of focused prayer and that a spirit of prayer would begin to fall in their homes. And as they begin to pray, God, as they begin to seek your face, Jesus, as they begin, Lord, uh, to call upon your name, Lord, uh, Lord, I pray that the Shekinah glory of the Lord would fall in their homes, would fall in their lives, uh, Lord, that you would begin to heal them as they call upon your name, that you would begin to free them as they begin to call upon your name that you would begin to do a mighty work in their lives as they call upon the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, I release it. In Jesus' name, by the power of the Word of God, I release it. By the power of the name of Jesus, I release it. Let there be a power fall in their homes. Let the glory of the Lord fall in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, 
or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.